Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, slash... What, 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 what? <laughs> I am Ron Colick, your host, and he is Steve Parson, your co-host. And there you go. We just right in, down and dirty, getting right to the nitty-gritty. Whatever I would have done if your microphone hadn't cut off. Did it cut off? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Good afternoon, Slash. And then you went off. Oh, good afternoon, Slash. Morning, evening. So, there you go. Anyways, uh, what? Okay, fine. Anyway, we've got so much to talk about. I don't know where to really start, but uh, it's always good to start at the beginning, I guess. So, I figure I'll start there anyways. So, today, (laughs) Mr. Parson, today's show is brought to you by the word apparition. It is. Yes. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, we started this a couple of weeks ago, and the word of the day was ectoplasm. And because a lot of uh, words are used by paranormal, uh, well, by Facebook and the Internet and everything else, and the meanings are not the real meanings of what they should be. So we would thought we would enlighten the world because that's the job of our show, is to enlighten and uh, come up with this word of the day uh, sometimes. So, anyways, uh, apparition. Do we have a definition for this, Mr. Parson? We do. Um, An apparition. We're referring, I should point out, that most of our references will be from... Because, yes, obviously. Mm. We're going to be using the Encyclopedia of Psychic Science, which was published by the two psychical investigators, Nando Fodor, who is American, and uh, Sir Oliver Lodge, who is a British physicist, one of the world's leading physicists. And they produced the the Dictionary of Encyclopedia of Psychic Science in 1933. And it's probably somewhat out of date, but it's still what we're going to be using, so suck it up. Apparitions are described in the encyclopedia as the supernormal appearances suggesting the real presence of someone distant or dead or reminding of the latter's continuity of existence. The perception is visual, mostly spontaneous, but sometimes may be experimentally induced. Oh, that's interesting. There you go. And, of course, it would also cover appearances of, for example, the Blessed Astral Virgin projection. Mary. Uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just fixed on people, but the word apparition is commonly mixed up with the word ghost. People say they saw a ghost, but in actual fact what they saw is an apparition. So we're not going to describe... Most is because we'll say no. We'll do that. Day. We'll say that for another day. But no, yeah, we'll the, the correct terminology for for seeing uh, uh, a spontaneous supernatural or supernormal appearance of someone, um, which we 
sort of lump under the term of ghost is actually an apparition. The belief in apparitions is as old as humanity, but as the scientific age has reduced the phantoms to human shapes, no more do we encounter accounts like Plutarch's, the ghost of Brutus, a little... And then he goes on to describe that. Uh-huh. Uh, there are many, many... In fact, this, this dictionary, this encyclopedia, runs to... Um, uh, hang on. It's surprisingly... Uh, over 20, uh, 15 pages of closely typed text, which give all sorts of references and descriptions of apparitions, religious, psychical, mystical, uh, those that appear within seances, the appearance of flowers and people, um, a whole manner and raft of apparitions. Mm-hmm. They are frequently noted in poltergeist cases, which also include such uh, reports of stone okay, throwing. So, oh, is, is there a lot more to this, or can I comment? No, 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 you can go on. I just okay. don't like dead air. Oh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I want to give a shout-out, first of all, to Thermal Daniels in the uh, the chat room. And he is a gentleman who you would like if you've met him. He actually knows about thermal imaging. <laughs> Mention that. Uh, so, anyways, so an apparition is described as a figure. Is that correct? Well, it, it can be a figure, but it can be pretty much anything that appears. Um, but it's, 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 it, most, it's most commonly associated I'm, with a human-like appearance. So, so what I'm trying to ask you, Mr. Parsons, is it more, um, is it more a, something that we are familiar with versus, for instance, a light anomaly or a smudge or a whatever? <laughs> Light anomalies, smudges, orbs, um, blobs, uh, all that stuff would not be classed as apparitions. Apparitions Ah, tend to be a recognisable figure or object or person, such as the Blessed Virgin Mary or the appearance of a saint or a loved one or a ghost or a headless horseman or a bus or an aeroplane. Something we're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. So, would a doppelganger be classified as an apparition? No, that has a separate... Well, it, it, it would be an apparition. Um, yeah, we'll go with the word doppelganger. Because it's a, because it's a supernormal, supernormal appearance suggesting either the real presence of someone distant or dead. You notice that, that, that uh, within the first two lines of the, of the I definition... I like that distance. That was, good. That was a good... It, uh, it, yeah, it doesn't immediately specify that the that the person is dead um and in fact quite a lot of the earlier experiments that were done within psychical research involved members of the spr or or other astute organizations actually sitting at home in their armchairs imagining trying to project themselves astrally into the homes of fellow researchers with apparent success um There are a number of well-documented instances where one researcher has lay in bed or sat in his armchair and imagined himself to be visiting a fellow researcher, another researcher, or a member of his family, um, of his own family, not the other researcher's family. And indeed, that other person has described the apparition of the person sitting in the chair as visiting has arrived in visitation. 
Well, that's interesting. And that's what we hear about angels, that they come in visitation. Or we have goats that come in visitation, or spirits, I should say. Um, and goats. So, goats, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's it's, it's much greater than what people... Uh, uh, use the word for it. It's, it's which why we started doing this. I mean, we, we started off with ectoplasm, of course. And if you listen to the show, you it all all about everybody was calling any blurb of smoky mist esplasm, which is not the correct usage. And so apparition, once again, we have uh, people calling orbs or uh, light anomalies or uh, you know smudges as uh, ghosts. And I mean, excuse me, apparitions, and that is also incorrect as well that would be an incorrect one the other i mean within psychical research they the 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 term hallucinations are also used and they're they would also be correct but a slightly broader term and would cover things like the light anomalies and these any other visual phenomena that that may be experienced because the word hallucination we always tend to assume or associate with madness but it's actually very closely linked with apparition um in, in terms of its, uh, when we describe it um, psychically or in, in terms of psychical research, that is. And I'm trying. You can probably hear the pages turning over. Uh, we right. could do we could do hallucinations um, another time, but, but another time. But hallucinations are also uh, commonly referred to amongst this this classification of apparitions. Uh, hallucinations are are those visions that probably occur with inside the head but that doesn't mean that they're a result of madness but the modern interpretation of the word tends to link them with madness and so we have a lot of psychical research books in fact one of the the, the sort of standard works on the subject refers a lot throughout to telepathic hallucinations Mm -hmm. and of course to a modern reader that might read as well they're mad and of course indeed they could be right aren't we all in our own ways um, there is there, there, there is actually whole works dedicated to apparitions, seeing as we're doing Word of the Day. And in the 1940s, Tyrrell, a famous psychical researcher with a member of the Society for Psychical Research, actually produced a book um, published in 43. And uh, it's, it's actually entitled Apparitions, and in which he goes through... Uh, the characteristics of apparitions, theories of apparitions, discusses about clairvoyance, the agencies. Okay, what's the name of that book again, Steve? It's actually called Apparitions, and it's by G N M Tyrrell, T Y R E L. Yeah, that sounds published in 1943, and he talks about So he talks about the agencies, these are the mechanisms that are possible. Uh, and speculates upon what apparitions actually mean. Um, so you know, it, there's a it is a whole topic in its own right. And so you know, I mean, I was thinking when you were you were talking about that, and you know, here we have someone who put some honest research into a book uh, from the 1940s, and. Instead of, like, you know, just writing your own new book on it, would it be just, I think it would be so much more credible, so much more uh, helpful to take that book 
and see how it compares nowadays if you know what rather than just scrapping the book is is more update the book i think is is more critical because that research was done at a particular time under certain circumstances and and extensive work involved in it so i mean i mean cal kind of do that with his telephone calls with a dead but i mean do you think that's a uh, you know plausible thing is that a way to go with some of these older uh, publications Oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, I, I, I'm going to refer here to ghostology, first of all, because ghostology is just a reworking, in effect, a modernization of, of earlier books uh, on the subject. For example, Andrew McKenzie's book and Andrew Green's book and Harry Price's books on the subject of the study and the investigation of ghosts. Um, apparitions that we just mentioned, uh, the phantasms of the living, the uh, census of psychic... Uh, the census of hallucinations. In actual fact, um, you ask about whether they're worth updating. I would pose the question is, how many people have actually bothered reading them? Because they're incredibly relevant. And we risk, um, all too often, ignoring the, the great wealth, the great library of information that we already have available. We believe that you know ghost hunting started in 2002. Uh, here in right, the UK, with the first TV show, with should. the first TV show, right. and yet that's absolutely not the case. There are books on my on my shelves here that go back to the seventeenth uh, century, uh, written by great authors like Daniel Defoe, the author of, of course, Robinson Crusoe, who wrote a, uh, a long book. It, it was also entitled, uh, or had in its title, Apparitions, and in which Defoe discusses many of the cases of that day and cautions his readers. Uh, that yes, this is a real phenomena because people report it, but don't all rush to presume that it is the work of God, the devil, or madness. Um, and he is, he's, he makes a very good and still relevant case for an objective, critical look. In the uh, in the 1660s, Joseph Glanville um, was also making a very very similar. Uh, Statement that we should objectively look at these cases and that the, the appearance of a ghost or an apparition or a phantom doesn't necessarily mean that the person who saw it is mad or that it is the work of the devil or that it is in any way supernatural, that it could in fact just be an entirely normal process um, being misunderstood for something. Mm -hmm. So, and, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Before we update it, and before we um, revise the research, read the research that we already have. Absolutely. And I'll wager, I'll wager, in fact, I know, I know to be a fact, having spoken to quite a lot of ghost investigators over the years, and have asked them what sort of books have they read, uh, how many books have they read. In actual fact, the answer is generally very few books, which is a great shame. Right, it's a dying... Ah, actually, but the interesting thing we talk about books and and that's the word apparition and you can go throughout history, including the Bible, and apparitions are mentioned frequently. Uh, so it's not a new thing. It's not didn't come around with uh, ghost hunters in two thousand two. It's uh, you know it, it, it's been around for you know thousands of years. There are many many works that uh, describe. Uh, instances of uh, apparitions 
it goes back way beyond the Bible. Um, the ancient religions of, well, the Chinese religions, 4000 BC, the Sumerians, the Babylonians, all report ghosts and apparitions. And they make definitions. In fact, the Romans have clear words to, to describe the different forms of apparition. Um, they have manas which are the ghosts or the returning revenants of deceased living people. They have the lemures, which are the spirits that we might more today call demons. These are entities that possibly never lived or have come from another, you know, another realm, the underworld. The Romans, the Greeks, the Babylonians, the Sumerians, all of the cultures have apparitions and ghosts within their culture. Uh, you know, they're, they're absolutely far from unique. And many, many times uh, I've spoken to people about the these armchair warrior sceptics or these, these great investigators who, who, who set themselves up as uh, authors and as bloggers and, and, and commentators on ghost investigations and ghost mm-hmm. hunting. And they, in, in, in all reality, very few of them are aware of the huge volume of information. There is, there is uh, you know, it would fill the National Archive are, you know, of books and documents that exist that predate ghost hunters. I, I agree, and it's overlooked. Uh, but you know what? Another thing I find interesting, and, and we go back to some of these early writings of mankind, and we find detailed descriptions of uh the appearance of apparitions and 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 they're not there just like for a few seconds they'll they'll be there for much longer periods of time and we don't seem to get that as much in in morning times and we certainly don't uh capture them on all this video that we have and all these uh you know recordings and imaging that we have it's it, it it is it's just a figure that uh you know what maybe it's pareidolia but it it, it's not the same. It, it seems that back in the days we had these detailed, maybe people were more observant back then. You know, they didn't have this equipment to interfere with their observations. Um, well, it's absolutely the case that there are some fantastic accounts of long-standing apparitions or, or long period sightings that we, but you, you raise a point that we've discussed before, which is the fact that nowadays ghost hunting has become a mass, almost a mass sport, uh, you know, akin to fishing or, or, or football. Uh, you know, every, every Saturday, every weekend, there are probably, between the US, the UK, Australia, there are probably thousands of people going out armed to the teeth with gadgets and cameras and sound recorders. But time. we're not... The ghost arc. Um, well, they won't be getting much. Um, but where is the evidence? Where is that piece of footage? Where is that video? Where is that sound recording? We do get thousands of photographs. We get thousands of videos presented year upon year. And we get you know, tens of thousands of, of audio clips of electronic voices. But none of them are... In any, um, they're not really compelling. You watch them. Yeah, uh, that's the sad thing about it, and I don't understand that because I mean, you go back. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I got to go back into the Bible because I know the Bible. I mean, they talk about 
you know, where, uh, you know, they're setting up tents for people that are, who have died and, and they see them there and, and they, you know, they bring food to them. Uh, and, and it's also, I mean, even P- Plenty the Younger, when he wrote his letter to his wife, I mean, he describes very clearly uh, the spirit and what it does, how it walks, how he follows it and everything else. I mean, these are clear clear, detailed analysis of, of an apparition versus, you know, a couple of stills that could be whatever. Uh, it, it, you think we would have more of that with all the the gadgets and all the video and all the stills that we do have and all the cameras. Everybody has a camera phone nowadays. Yeah. Um, what we don't have, though, is time. Because we live in a world that's very rushed. We, we live in a, a McDonald's culture where we want it now. We want it instantly. Um, that's what sparks the rise in EVP. That's what sparks the rise in ghost detectives. People don't want to sit in a building for weeks on end or visit a location many, many times in order to be able... To, they can't sit on... You know, they can't sit in the library um, of the manor house in the quiet and the dark with just a candle for eight hours. They need to play with their ghost arcs. They need to table tip. They need to resort to the EVP meter to ask if there's anybody there. Um, it's a product of our culture. We don't... We're also creatures now that have evolved into creatures that are not comfortable in darkness. Our ancestors, even our grandparents' generation, would get up when the sun came up and they would go to bed, you know, when it went down. But they were they they didn't have 24-hour neon signs. They didn't have street lighting. They didn't have uh, lights and television and all of these distractions. They would sit in the evening, they would read a book. And we, we, Anne and I did, uh, Anne and uh, Anne Winsper in Parascience, uh, we did uh, some little, they weren't experiments, they were, they were anecdotal uh, games almost with, with members of the team, where we had people sit in the dark, uh, where we had people sit in, in dim light and in the quiet. Um, because people are just not comfortable just being quiet and just being still it's something that's not natural to us anymore we can't sit and just read a book we have to get the iphone out we have to surf and what see what our friends are doing on facebook and comment and click like or flick idly through you know some video game mindlessly dropping blocks into into spaces whereas our grandparents would sit quietly they would be more attuned to the environment that they were in um they would go for country walks. They would. They didn't have their iPhone. They didn't have a jet plane flying overhead. They didn't have, you know, the pager going off. Mm-hmm. So we have a huge range of distractions that, that compete for our time and compete for our attention. And maybe that's what's, what's been lost in a lot of these experiences when you compare the earlier the early accounts of psychical researchers and their experiences of apparitions they're just sitting being in a in, in a space they're, they're I, I don't want to sound new age about it but they are kind of in tune with the space and themselves um almost um you know how many people here apart from you know apart from looking at your app or your Fitbit wristwatch, know what their heartbeat is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it, it is actually possible if you sit quietly enough, you, you can feel, hear your own heartbeat. 
censure and heartbeat. And the, the interesting thing about it, too, is, is you know, uh, if, say, you're a parallel group and uh, you, you you get contacted and they say, well, you know, I, I see this, this ghost that appears, you know, at, at midnight at the top of the stairs all the time. And uh, or, or I see this spirit. I, let's forget the time thing, but even well, you can even or But I see this spirit that cuts through my living room, and you know they go in with all this equipment, and you know they're really taking away from what duplicating the situation where it was. I mean, the, the homeowner certainly doesn't have all this electronic equipment or gadgets hanging around, uh, and yet he can experience this. Then, you know. If an investigator goes in without that stuff, uh, maybe he would experience it too instead of trying to, you know, he's so think about trying to capture it on something rather than, uh, you know, just trying to first, you know, okay, let me see if I can have that experience too and then build from there. I, I can't, I, you know, I have to agree with you 101% with this that. This is pretty sad we're agreeing today. I know, I know. Yeah. I, mean, this, this, I mean, this is the basis behind this nonsensical stuff like full spectrum and uh, all, all this sort of stuff. Because the person, we're going to go in with a full spectrum camera and we're going to take a picture of a ghost. When we're going to go into the place where somebody saw a ghost. Well, clearly, if they saw the ghost, it was within the visible light spectrum. So why are you looking in the, in the infrared um, and when with the discuss the ultraviolet because the camera won't go there anyway um but we are we're looking we're going there at night we're turning the lights off we're throwing people out you know we had the experiences yeah i we were i was i was at uh, with some investigators at the weekend and part of the discussion was whether children should be entitled to come on investigations and the consensus was absolutely not um yeah. you know children should not be allowed anywhere near you know it's completely unethical and what well, children see ghosts, don't they? Well, yeah, you know why? I can explain this totally clear, because we now know that everything ghost that's out there is a demon, and we shouldn't expose children to demons. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> my, my, my response to that is BS. Children, <laughs> children see ghosts as every bit as much, probably more than adults do, and their accounts, I would wager, are probably more reliable, um, because they, they, there is no agenda usually with a yeah, child. Yeah. So if 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 it's involved, you know, why can't children go ghost hunting? I I, I have no qualms with other than you know past their bedtime or something like that. I well. <laughs> <laughs> with, with past her bedtime, absolutely. But if the environment's safe enough, I mean, we were exactly. a, we were at a, a large That's cathedral church over the weekend, um, the weekend before last, and my two and a half year old son was looking for ghosts, and he was enjoying it. And do you know what? Because both all three of my children have been brought up to look for ghosts in a fun, non-threatening way. They don't get scared of monsters at night either. Okay. So, anyways, we have to take a break right now, but that's a good point to leave it. And, and you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, you can reach us in the uh, Tojinetta or the Pararex chat room and, and tell us what you think. Should children be allowed on ghost hunting or uh, do ghost hunting? Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Astronet Radio, Planet Paranormal, and wherever the hell else we are. We'll be right back in the following messages.
Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And we, we're going to come back with uh, a story from 1863. And oh, yeah, my time. I remember yeah, that. Mr. Yeah, a relative uh, friend of yours, Mr. S.R. Wilmot, an American, was crossing the Atlantic, returning home in company with a friend and Mr. Tate, who shared his cabin. The cabin was uh, right at the rear of the ship. And owing to the slope of the ship's side, the two berths were not vertically above one another. Mr. Wilmot occupied the lower berth and Mr. Tate the upper. After eight days of bad weather, Mr. Wilmot was enjoying his first night of proper sleep. When, as he says, towards morning, I dreamt that I saw my wife, whom I had left in the United States, come to the door of my stateroom, clad in just her nightdress. At the door... At the door... She seemed to discover that I was not the only occupant of the room and hesitated a little before advancing to my side, stooping and kissing me before gently withdrawing. Upon waking, I was surprised to see my fellow passenger leaning upon his elbow, looking fixedly at me. "'You're a pretty smart fellow,' he said at length, "'to have a lady come and visit you in this way in the night.' I pressed him for an explanation, and at length he related that he had been wide awake lying on his bed and gave a description that exactly corresponded with my dream. 
the narrator goes on to describe that upon arriving home in America, meeting with his wife, almost her first question was, did you receive a visit from me a week ago Tuesday? A visit from you, said I. We were more than a thousand miles at sea. I know, she replied, but it seemed to me that I visited you. Oh. There we are. That's pretty cool. I mean, the interesting thing... I'm glad she only bent down and kissed him. I was going to say, she's probably very glad that she only bent down and kissed him. Yeah, I guess so. With the being another, you know. Right, 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 right. But anyways, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, apparitions being mentioned in the Bible and, and other Sumerian texts and so forth. I mean, we have very credible sources as well who have seen uh, apparitions. Of course, the White House, our national uh, home of the uh, president, uh, is had a potpourri of uh, apparitions seen. Uh, and I would like to mention one about that as well. Uh, you know, of course, William Henry Harrison was the first American president to die in office. He uh, while given his inauguration on a icy day in March, uh, he caught a cold and quickly turned pneumonia, and guess what? He died. Uh, but here he goes. Uh, there have been many stories about Harrison's half-conscious and, and fever wandering the halls of the, uh, the corridors and halls of the White House, looking for a quiet room for which to rest. Uh, you know, that's that's interesting. I mean, here you have, uh, you know, a president of the United States. And in fact, in uh, 1945, uh, Queen Wilhelm of the Netherlands stayed at the uh, Queen's bedroom uh, in the White House. And instead of a night she sleep, she was woken up uh, by footsteps outside the, her room. Annoyingly, she uh, went to the door and uh, she opened the door. And guess what? It was Abraham Lincoln's apparition. She said he looked a bit pale, but very much alive, and was dressed in travel clothes, including a top hat and coat. The queen gasped, and Lincoln vanished. And uh, Lincoln's ghost has been mentioned several times at, in, at the White House this week. So, I mean, there are other, others as well. So, I mean, the, I, I'm sure, and, and I, you know, I don't know this. I, I have never talked to you about it, but I would bet you Buckingham Palace has his share yes. of uh, yes, stories as well. As, as indeed does number 10 Downing Street. Um, no. I, the only, the only I, they're, they're all well, well described and well attested cases. However, you've got to argue, I mean, politician, reliable witness. <laughs> I mean, would you uh, trust a politician? Oh, I would. But I'm, yeah. I'm not like you. I'm not so. I'm not so uh, bitter as you, Mr. Parsons. Uh, well, anyway, other than that, no, no, you are absolutely right. Um, we we do have some. We have accounts from airline pilots. Um, oh, absolutely. And we have accounts from police officers. Now, we we've talked before about you know whether a police officer makes a good observer. Uh, a better observer, but in terms of reliability, you know, we do have have um, lots of accounts of apparitions from people who have absolutely nothing to gain by making up a right. story, or by you know in, indicting themselves in, in in such a you know strange thing. We accept it since since 
you know the 2000s um we we quite openly you have celebrities rocking up you know in in the tabloids telling people that they've had sex with ghosts and that they see ghosts and really interact with ghosts and all manner of because protection talking yeah talking about ghosts is is very very of the moment but if you go back 20 or 30 years it was almost impossible to get somebody to openly in the press somebody a celebrity to talk about their paranormal experiences absolutely for um, fear of being derided and losing their credibility you know we we do have ghost stories from politicians uh, prime ministers um and peers of the realm mm-hmm. but these come out tend to come out later there was a sort of fad in the victorian era for peers of the realm to tell their ghost stories and that was one of the one of the uh, the founding uh, tenants of the of the ghost club for example right but um, it, it wasn't very fashionable you know for a longest period of time to admit that you'd seen a ghost or you talked to dead people right now before the uh the break we asked the 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 question whether people thought uh, children should go and ghost hunt, and we actually have some responses in both the chat rooms. So I'll let you handle the Tojinet one, and I'll do the Pararex one. Okay, from Nathan, um, he, he says, if the time and the way the sessions are age-appropriate for children, and if the child wants to, then yes, he is supportive of uh, children going ghost hunting. However, he adds a caveat that he believes that most haunted and ghost hunters and similar programs are not appropriate for children. Um, well, I, I added a comment to that that I would argue that they're probably not appropriate for adults either, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so from the other one? Oh, you want me to get it? Okay. Uh, yeah, this is from Carter in the uh, Pararex. He says, when children go on ghost hunts and sometimes happens, it affects sometimes happens it affects all ghost hunters oh i see what he's saying so in other words the children may not be it may you not be concerned about the children but more about the ghost hunters whereas you know children running around making noise i guess or whatever or the concern for um uh affects the way they would do an investigation or child uh, protection issues i think it is also yeah i'd be alluded to the, the the thing is we we live in this nanny state now um you know where we've i think we've got a little I, i've got a book here on the shelf it's called ghost files the haunting truth uh it was published by simon and uh, simon and whatever they're called uh that well-known American publishing house that I can't find the name of the damn publisher. HarperCollins, sorry. HarperCollins. This is a very detailed book. Uh, it is the haunting truth for those of a very who are very practical and interested about identifying, documenting, and classifying apparitions, ghosts, and spirits from the earliest days to our present time, including how to see a ghost, what to do when you do see a ghost, and information for those who prefer to look away, and including how to make contact. It describes what the, the different classifications. It talks about the, the ancient Babylonian and Greek ghosts, uh, Romans, uh, the, the Victorian era, um, Chinese ghosts. Mm-hmm. It even includes instructions on how to do a Ouija board. This book is aged five and upwards. Really? Absolutely, really. And, and it's, it says it right on the book? Yeah. Oh, that's It's aimed at children. 
Now, right. why is it? I, the, uh, probably about 30% of the private residence cases that I've ever been involved with or asked to visit have involved the children being either uh, intrinsically involved within the case as a, as a, as a witness um, or it, with a primary witness. You know, but in no in no incident have I ever you know forget television. I have never been to a to a, a, a property, a private residence, wherein there are children, where the child has ever been attacked, terrified, or disturbed by the manifestation. But sometimes you have to be mindful of the effects of upon the child of arriving and investigating and disrupting the uh, their sort of day-to-day activities and paying undue attention to something which you know you go in the child is already thinking that this imaginary friend or this ghost that appears or this nice old lady or whatever it appears uh, is is perfectly okay they 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 they're not seeing anything unusual in the situation but the adult is the adult doesn't like the idea that the child is being visited by you know, a strange, a strange lady in the middle of the night, or kiss, comes in to kiss a good night, or appears at the top of the stairs, or wherever. The adult is the one who is disturbed. The child is generally the one who is perfectly accepting of it, but will pick up on the fact that the adult is disturbed. And that's that's uh, been my experience in the majority of private residences that involve children. The child is perfectly accepting, but the adult spooks the child. Well, I mean, this this of course will always go back to uh, you know Hollywood and, and the movies because you know how many of those stories start off with a child seeing someone uh, you know they're speaking to, and next thing you know, of course, this little. The thing is talking to is you know murdering people in the house and and causing all kinds of evil thing because the child has uh, been taken in by uh, this evil. So, but you know it, it's also been a theory and, and we've spoken I think before about this that uh, children tend to be more open to uh, seeing spirit than than adults do, and. Uh, what happens eventually is, is especially you know in the older days, it's maybe not as, as prevalent now. But uh, you know the the parents would tell them, you know, it's just your imagination. It's just your imagination, and that would you know that the, the parents are someone who the child trusts, and eventually uh, that is related through their own filters, and they may still be seeing this imaginary friend or this 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 helpful woman. But eventually the brain shuts us off because they, they believe in their parents and, and they're basically brainwashed and that they no longer see what they did see before. It may be still there. You just no longer see it because their brain has, has put that little filter in that it's no longer uh, seeing what's right. I certainly an idea. Um, but one yeah. of the things that there is this perception that children are more reliable and i said it earlier that they tend to be less likely to uh confabulate and exaggerate right because they have less filters at that age yeah but we all know i mean every parent knows um 
that they that they can they, they can also be great storytellers and incredibly inventive. You know, watching watching my two and a half year old in St David's Cathedral pointing at the ceiling saying, "I can see a ghost," and he's walking through that hole. Yeah, but you've already imposed that filters into his brain. No, I haven't because I haven't yes, said you anything. Have. Of, no, I haven't. Yeah, because yes, you just was, mentioned you took your children on ghost hunting. No, so we talk, always put uh, that no, idea of uh, ghost. No, 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 you're 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 taking uh, part of a uh, yeah. I, I did say those words, but in a different context. All three oh, of my children have been ghost hunting on the occasion that Oscar. Bob's are unreal, but I, I know. Well, let, well uh, you know, we, we're limited to time. But if you want me to give you the fuller account, we went to St David's Cathedral to go to the church to sit to show him the inside of the church. At no point in the previous week or longer had Oscar or Ethan, the, uh, the subject of ghosts ever come up or been mentioned. Oscar spontaneously. It doesn't matter whether it has a, in, in regards to that. Well, I, you you jump in, I'm not even. You see, if you if if you're trying to formulate an opinion based upon half a piece of information, oh, then your opinion. Okay. Yes. I heard. Your opinion, sorry, that's why I have. Opinion. No, you heard. You heard a, a shortened version of it for the purposes of radio. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> in the. That children do uh, confabulate. So children do tell stories, but I think most parents will know the difference. I know when when any of them are in the world of make believe and are you know, oh look, there's a there's a green cat at the end of the garden, or it's a bear. Mm-hmm. But children, when they're giving you an account of something that they believe to be true, they will become very. Uh, it becomes very obvious that they're telling the truth. They get very upset if the adult doesn't believe what they're saying. So I I think every parent would agree that you can tell the difference between the child who is making up the story and the the child who is going along with the story. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not going to tell you you don't know your children because I'm sure you do. But my point is that... uh, you know, since age of birth, they're, they're born with a clean slate. Uh, well, depending with DNA and if you want to believe DNA memories and so Anyways, uh, and everything they see, are told, and uh, are exposed to creates filters in their brain. So, of course, yeah. growing up in your house, of course, with which is predominantly ghost investigation, uh you know that 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 thoughts and those filters are already put in there, so oh, yeah. it yeah. has been tainted in, in, in some aspect. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to disagree with that. That's a perfectly that's a perfectly reasonable point, and the one that you know I'm, I'm not going to disagree with in any way because you're absolutely right. You, children are not born racist. They're not born. You know, uh, they they have no prejudices that are sort of inbuilt into them. So and they have no no real expectation. So you're absolutely right. There are no there are no filters. They come later, and that's learnt behaviour. They you know ch- children learn uh, sectarian and racist behaviour from the the, the the from their adults or from their peers, from other right. children who have learnt it from adults. Right. Yes, all of my children have always been aware right from the earliest age you know about ghosts they know all about ghosts and i said to my to, to cat as we were walking around if oscar had done because he blurted out this thing about ghosts and he went off and he was quite determinately going looking for ghosts mm-hmm. and i said 
if you listen to what he's saying, if we didn't know Oscar and his background, this would be, you know, somebody writing to a newspaper saying, my son sees ghosts, my son sees dead people, and getting into the tabloids about their psychic son. Or, or there you if go, you, Mr. Carlin, or, you know how much psychics make, Steve, I'm telling or, you. Or if, <laughs> well, you can extrapolate that further, because if you listen to psychics when they're, and I, I, I was listening to a psychic giving a talk on, on Saturday, and if you listen to, to most psychics, they start off with, my first, I, I, when did you first find out you were psychic? Well, when I was very small, I used to see uh, figures. Um, my mum my said that it was my grandmother or whatever. What might actually just be happening is the child is seeing something or making up a story. The, the adult then reinforces it because it's what they believe in. They believe that they are psychic. They believe that what they they want to believe that the child's description matches some preordained idea that, you know, it's an old lady, therefore it must be the grandmother because they want the grandmother to come back, not the child. Um, and so you end up with this, well, I've been psychic since I was tiny, story being developed. So, you know, it, it, children, yeah, but it, 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 you could have a whole program on where these filters and ideas come from because I have not yet met any psychics who don't have a backstory that goes back to childhood. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree, agree with you. And in fact, I mean, could, and most ghost, ghost hunters as well, uh, yeah. Steve, you know, most people say that. Yeah, it's fashionable. I mean, be honest it's absolutely with you. fashionable. Be honest with you, and, and you know me, and and you you've heard my uh, presentations before. Is that I never really had any experiences with ghosts when I was young. I never was really interested in ghosts. It's only later in life that uh, that I ended up on this uh, journey that I'm on, and that sounds so uh, white light and whatever. But anyways, it, it really is though. In that I I ne never had that. Enemy, and so I, I find this all new and fascinating, like a, a child. But that doesn't mean I don't have filters, though, because my filters no. have been built in my life for you know what, 110 years, and um, that's some probably. But <laughs> it has become, and I've said it, we've said it been many times on the show that it's become very fashionable for ghost hunters, for mediums, or the ghost hunters have learned from mediums. You know, if you look at ghost hunters now, they describe. Um, they had their first experience when they were, you know, when a black mass appeared above them, or that they, you know, a figure of a, a piece appear, and they used to talk to dead people, or, and they just want to learn more about it, and then they do nothing until they become, you know, sort of in the thirties and join a paranormal team. Now, you've heard me describe um, my own believed interest, which goes back to my teenage years. Yeah, uh, but you had experiences back then. Uh, I had an interest back then in my teenage years, certainly, and that, that yeah. interest, I, believe, I always believed, came from reading books. Mm -hmm. um, Which is nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's, no. but but then, it does, does create filters, as we say, like yeah. everything we do does. Yeah. But then you, you've also heard me describe that as my as parents reached that, that age where they start to tell embarrassing stories about you as a child, that, <laughs> there was this, that there was this whole raft of me exploring the paranormal much earlier on. Um, making a Ouija board at age eight and holding seances at about the same age and wanting to look for ghosts from when I was about four or five. Oh, you are such a cute. But kid. but I have but I have no recollection of that, so I can't claim that back history. It's just a statement of from my parents. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it obviously did colour who I became, mm -hmm. but it has also it doesn't you know 
diminish from the fact that every medium, every ghost hunter, almost every medium, every medium and almost every ghost hunter seems to thrive on having a backstory. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, you know, it's not just a backstory personal backstory that they themselves their interest you know i fell out of the womb and started looking for ghosts <laughs> it, it's it's it, it's with groups now that they, they exaggerate their own abilities in that you have groups who don't say we were formed in 2011 they now describe themselves in terms of between our group we have 230 years of ghost hunting experience uh yes you know in order to give themselves this so that uh, veneer of credibility, and and I think that's the the problem. No, that was that was the wristwatch from the dead beeping. That wasn't the pizza bell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that's a problem. Is is that we are all looking for some type of credibility, uh, and I think a lot of uh, ghost groups, uh, paranormal teams, paranormal investigators. Or even mediums, they all, uh, you know, look for that credibility, and they chose to take a particular path to obtain that uh, credibility. I mean, you know, there are certain teams that say, "Oh, we're absolutely scientific, and we we won't use anything that's, uh, you know, that that was used in the past uh, for ghost hunting, like uh, say the Ouija board or whatever." And there are other teams that say, "Oh, we're we're spiritual. We use uh, mediums, and we use this," and and they they become what they want. This is the image that they've chose, and this is the image that they work to. They don't have minds open enough to look at both sides of the the coin and and they say that they do but it's it really isn't i mean even mediums you talk to mediums they say oh i'm very skeptical right don't they all say that i heard that i heard that exact phrase being used by a medium at the weekend yeah. but, but it I takes have, us full circle towards the end of the show. Though, right oh yeah, yeah 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 i like to do yeah i'm a scientific medium yeah uh, and i'm a mediumistic scientist the it takes us full circle though that uh, they they all lack that, or they've all chosen to disregard all of that research that exists. They think that they've all invented the wheel. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, I know we're running out of time, but I have this, this comment from the Pararex chat room from Cater. Uh, uh, is that how it is? C-A-T-E-R? Is that Cater? I guess it is. Uh, there are children who were traumatized by seeing ghosts. When they become adults... They are so affected that they are afraid to even sleep with the lights off. Uh, is it then a good idea to bring these, bring a child on a ghost hunt? Also, in a ghost hunt, can you meet evil, evil demon? Uh, is it wise to bring a child here? So here we oh. go. Well, Kater, uh, I, I've I've met with probably a thousand children in in five hundred haunted homes i've never met one child that's been disturbed except by the adults who spooked the child by being disturbed i've taken hundreds of children on ghost investigations they absolutely love it they think it's fun all the way because you have to cater for their particular needs oh unfortunately there's the bell uh, so we get a bit i i want to comment on that too and and i see his point in a way that uh it, it may not do with the the ghost hunting thing but they perhaps were traumatized by a movie they saw 
or, uh, you know, there are some people who are afraid of dogs because they had some type of experience with it. Would you take them to a dog pound? No, I don't know. Uh, but maybe there is something in their life that traumatized them. And for those people, maybe that might not be a good idea to, to bring them on the ghost hunt uh, if, if they have that fear. Because, uh, you know, it's yeah. certainly going to affect the, the way uh, they act and the way that, uh, this would affect other investigators. Well, as far as the evil thing, we don't want to go into the evil thing right now. But, uh, you know, that's that's uh, what you believe in personally, whether you believe in evil or not in evil. There are many people that don't believe in evil at all. And there are many people that, that believe that everything's evil. So um, th- that's a personal. We'll have to do that another time. But anyway. Yes. I think we, we could do a whole show based on children. Um, I think I'd like to pursue that one a, a little further. I, I think we should. And we've, maybe got, we we've got a ton we... of stuff in the chat room, so it's obviously a topic of interest. Yeah, and, and maybe we could get some uh, some uh, other people on the show as well and, and get some other different points of view rather than just our own as well. So Yeah, get some ghost hunting children as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we can have I Oscar can, on. Can. Uh, we can, yeah, we can get some ghost children who can ghost <laughs> Just kidding. That you. would be... No, no, that can be done. Yeah. Anyways, we do have to leave. So uh, I do want to mention if anybody's interested in I'm doing an enchanted evening of table tipping with uh, Amy Major, the rescue medium. So that's, that should be interesting. But only if you're over 18. <laughs> yeah, if you're 18. That's going to be at the Universal Unitarian Church. So there you go at the church to protect you from the evil. So uh, there you go. But anyways, that'll be this Friday. Check out my website, anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. And until next time, good night and God bless everyone. Good night, God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law. Have you heard? 